Welcome to the 100% Finance Podcast with Juan Pablo, the podcast where we will show you how to get income-producing assets like real estate and businesses with little to no money out of your pocket so you can say goodbye to the 9 to 5 and be financially free. Here's your host, Mr. Cashflow, Mr. Credit Repair, Mr. Business Credit, Mr. Buy and Hold Until the Wheels Fall Off, the People's Mentor, Juan Pablo! Hey, what's up, guys? It's me, your boy, Juan Pablo, from the 100% Finance Podcast. Welcome. I'm glad you guys are here to join us. I have a good friend of mine, Kahim. He's here to uh, share some of his uh, stories about um, startup business. So the topic of this podcast is things they don't tell you about starting up your own business, when you start your own business. Hey, what's up, um, Kahim? Hey, Mr. Pablo. <laughs> I have another friend named Kareem, too, man. What's going on, Kahim? How you doing? That's all right, man. Anything remotely close to Kahim, I'll, I'll accept it, as long as, it's, as long as it's written correctly on my paycheck. That's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. How about you, man? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. As long as they got them zeros right. Absolutely. That's just another day matters. out in the office, man. Just hard work. Um, I can't even tell you when the day is going to end as far as doing stuff uh, towards making you know, my business you know, better, just getting better every single day. I don't have a set schedule <laughs> at all. Man. Right, right. So you're actually working right now, correct, as we're conducting this podcast? Absolutely. I'm actually en route to a coffee shop to go send out some emails, um, you know, uh, just I did payroll just earlier. Um, just tighten up some stuff. Uh, Got to do invoices. <laughs> I hate doing invoices, but I love when the when the money comes in. So it's a gift and a curse. But I'm always working, man. Always. That's what's up. So uh, speaking of which, uh, what do you do? What is your business? Okay, I run a non-emergency medical transportation business. So this is for um, mainly elders. Um, members of Medicaid and Medicare. We take them to and from doctor's appointments, um, dialysis, adult day centers, uh, hospital discharges. Um, we pick up kids coming out of the uh, Children's Health Care of Atlanta all the time. We take people on long-distance trips. So we just, we just transportation for people who don't have adequate transportation. Okay, that's cool. And, uh, and, um why did you want to get started with this business? I had to figure out a business that didn't, it was practical. Um, it didn't take too much. Uh, I, I can't say everybody. Yes, everybody can do it. I'm not special. But it didn't, it didn't require too much energy from me. And this was just one of many. This is just the one that's going to, is paying the bills right now. Is, uh, you know, the, the roof over my head, the food on the table. I just needed something that was practical. I thought about this, but it's pretty much one of those businesses. It's in the medical field. You know, the medical field is always going to be healthy. And as far as you know, transportation, it's it's, it's a sector that's always it's always going to be needed. So I felt if if you build it, they would come. That's all it was. It's like Rome, man. Right? If you build it, the Coliseum, I think it was. If you build it, they would come. And I built it, and they're coming. And I can't even service enough. I got to start building some more. I'm <laughs> I'm only been I've only been running for about about seven months now. And I'm already contemplating, you know, expansion, but I want it to be controlled growth. I don't want to grow too fast, too wild, right, and, right. and, you know, make mistakes. So seven months, man. Congratulations. 
Thank um, you very much. And you know, your head you were there, man. Water, man. Huh? You said what? I'm sorry. I said, yeah, you're still keeping your head above water, right? Yes, man. And it's funny, when I met you over at the uh, the coffee shop, that was at the beginning of it all, man, like, and just, just talking with you. Oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was the initial stages, right? When you were doing that. That was all the initial the, uh, stages, man. And when I spoke to you about what it was, and all that. You, yep, you was you was happy about it. You know, you was proud. Like I know a few people probably like you know, when they hear you saying you're gonna do something and it's not done right away, they probably think that people are joking. But I think you did believe in me <laughs> when I told you what it was I was yeah. working on. And I thank you for that. I appreciate your support. Every step and and I thought it was kind of cool too because that was actually um, one of those. I could have been potentially one of your, your customers because when I used to live in the New York area, I lived in uh, Jersey City, and I, I ruptured my Achilles playing basketball. And as a result, um, in order to go to, you know, physical therapy, I needed a, a lift. Mm-hmm. And so that was like uh, one of your uh, – I could have been like one of your potential customers, right? That's Absolutely. That's the kind of people you, you serve, right? Not just the elderly, but people who no. might have got a sports injury or what have you. Yes, and, we do workers' comp as well. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. Contracts with that. Oh, right, that's cool. That's cool. So, um, yeah. So, give some information about Kahim. Yeah, we actually just met at a coffee shop, and uh, that's the best thing. It's just just networking. You just sit across from someone, and then most people don't even say nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They just have their head in a book, or they're on their laptop or iPad or what have you, and don't even have the inclination to start a conversation with a person who's looking. Um, directly in front of them. So we just started chatting and um, kept in touch, and we both had, like, similar um, interests in regard to business and being in New York City. And um, I guess pool a little bit, even though he kind of whips my butt in pool. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like a pro at it. But, yeah, so um, yeah, that's a pretty much a little bit of background about um, our relationship. But um, I want to kind of get into the heart of the matter, right? being that you're a startup, right? Is that fair mm-hmm. to say, that you're a startup? Absolutely. Okay, being that you're a startup. And the topic is things they don't tell you. Can you please, um, for our listeners, expound on that? Oh, man. I guess it's one of those situations where you look at it as to where if it was busy, if it was easy, everyone would, would be you know, doing it. Everyone would start their own business. And you do see a lot of people that do start their own businesses and become millionaires and billionaires overnight. But you have to do something more. You have to do, you know, something different from what everyone else is doing. And that's why we always talk about, like, innovation. But, I mean, I guess in a way, practically, I innovated what it took to start up a a business. I didn't go, you know, it, it wasn't, I didn't have any help from, necessarily, let's say, friends or family. Um, I had to just change what it was that I was – I made myself unco- I made myself comfortable being uncomfortable, if that makes sense. I was like, listen, you know, some things I want to do in life, there's some cars I want to drive, some places I want to visit it, I want to visit in, I don't think I'm going to get it working, you know, for like TSA or working, you know, as a manager for, you know, this particular job. Now, there's some people that can do it, but I was like, listen – let let me let me figure out what I can do and how I'll, I'll be different from many other people. So in my particular case, I actually started a transportation business that take people to and from, um, like I said, doctor's appointments, uh, you know, dialysis. What I did initially that was different that just set, set me aside from other people was I came in the game with brand-new vehicles. Now, even by me doing that, I made the process that much harder, that much longer, 
but I wanted to have an advantage, competitive advantage over other people. So somebody would say, why wouldn't you just go get some used vehicles for $2,500, $1,500? That makes sense just to get in the business. And maybe as far as, I, when I, as far as expansion goes, I may go that route. But coming in the business, I was like, man, I'm a, if, I'm, if I can actually go the, the hard route right now and make the hard route easy, just imagine what the easy route would be to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's what I'm saying, like do more. I think Elon Musk is somebody – I don't know if you guys know Elon Musk, the, uh, the CEO of uh, Tesla Motors. Mm-hmm, the old uh, PayPal owner. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the, um, the founders of PayPal. And he said if you've got to work you know, twice as hard as, as the next man, so if it takes him six months to achieve something, you'll do it in three months. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how I felt. And that's even the notion of where the, the, the coffee shops come into play. I go to coffee shops. I have Keurig Green Mountain, you know, coffee roasters, like stuff all over the house. I have a bunch of teas. I got the, you know, Keurig cold machine in the house where I can make sodas and, you know, the cold drinks. I got internet. Mm-hmm. I have everything I need, but I take myself out in an environment like the coffee shop because when I'm there, I think everyone in the coffee shop is being productive, and I got to be more productive. I'm competitive in that way. I got to be more productive. I see he got a big old book. She's doing that. He handling this. They taking care of that. I see people shaking hands like they're doing meetings. I'm hearing negotiations. I'm like, I got to be the best person in this coffee shop. So I just I stay out there. I open up coffee shops and close coffee shops. There's been times where coffee shops has closed, and I actually took my bags and went to another one. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm like I'm not. My work here is not done yet. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like I, it's a, it's always work that can be done to make something better. That's what people you know don't probably they think that. You're working nine to five, of course. At five o'clock, your work is done. We don't got no. We, I don't have no no. There's no nine to five for me. If I wake up at six o'clock in the morning and I go to sleep at six o'clock in the morning the next day, that's a that's a day for me. You know what I'm saying? I can't even scoff at that. I can't scoff at that, man. But what I'm just saying, as far as you just got to do unconventional things. It, it just make yourself, like I said, comfortable with being uncomfortable. Do stuff that the next man is not willing to do. And I think that is what set me, that's what helped me out with starting my business. When I started my business, I didn't have a, what do they say, a pot to piss in, window to throw out. I didn't have any collateral. I don't, I don't own no real estate, no vehicle, but I convinced the bank to give me $150,000 to start my own, you know, business. I, I still, to this day, I still don't even realize what it was that I did. I just know that I was dedicated, focused, you know, like <laughs> I wasn't giving up. I didn't have a plan B. I know you're supposed to have a plan B, C, and all that. I ain't have one. Start <laughs> all bridges for retreat, right? It, that, that's it, that's it, good. Exactly. It's kind of like, um, so I guess to summarize your first point on one of the things that they don't tell you, you know, when starting out with your own business, is how to create that competitive advantage. And that's what you had to figure out on your own. You know, looking at your competition, you realize that, hey, all these guys out here had these old, probably dusty, beat-up vehicles to transport people. So you say, you know what, I'm going to switch the game up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a newer, better-looking vehicle, and then I'm going to figure out how I can get the financing to afford it. And so I assume that that kind of, like, um, helped you in – getting some customers right off the back. Is that a safe assumption? Yes, absolutely. Right off the back, when they ride in the vehicles, I respect myself as a business owner. I respect, I didn't, you know, I, these are, these represent me. You know what I'm saying? So when you get in a vehicle right away, you feel comfortable. This man respects himself that much, you know, to go get brand new vehicles. I like them. Right away, I get calls from people telling me that they want to ride with only 
you know, us, my, my company. I got, I, we, we are good. We're full to capacity right now. That's why I said we were talking about expansion now. I didn't think this was going to be the case this fast, but it's because of the competitive advantage that I actually have. And also I was able to sell that competitive advantage to the bank as far as the business plan. Yeah, that's what I was getting to the next thing about um, mm-hmm. things they don't tell you uh, in regard to financing, like getting the startup capital. Mm-hmm. So if you can explain about how you end up figuring out being that you didn't have – see, that's the thing about a business. Like most people don't have like a, a blueprint to say, if I got a job, they'll tell you for your position as administrative assistant, your job is to check the emails, answer the phones, and do this in this manner. Check this account, do this, blah, blah, blah. Give me coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a clear-cut instruction of how to do your job. But when you're being an entrepreneur, it's somewhat innovative. You know, of course, you can, you can follow other mentors and buy into some people's programs, but at the end of the day, they just don't tell you this stuff, how to have mm-hmm. your competitive advantage, how to get financing. So if you could tell us, how are you able to get financing? Okay, in my particular – and I – I realized this after the fact of what I did, and I'll try my best to explain it because it's still like, still like a phenomenon to me. But um, as far as the new vehicles, I was able to, when I did some research, I realized that when you come up with these used beat-up vehicles, they were breaking down a lot. And, and the owners of these companies was paying a lot of money in maintenance in the vehicles to change transmissions, to fix, you know, tires and engines was going out. So I said, listen, with brand-new vehicles, I'm saving. I know one lady. She has about ten vehicles. Of course, it's more than than you know I have at this particular time. But she's paying about four thousand dollars a month in in maintenance and repairs. Now I don't have to pay four thousand dollars a month maintenance and repairs. I'm nowhere near because we got brand new vehicles. Yes, I do get an oil change essentially every month because we do run the vehicles a lot. We put about five thousand miles on average a month. So I do, and we have high mileage vehicles. So that's one month, every month, so we're paying, what, what $45 for uh, um, what is it, a good oil change, like a synthetic or something like that. But that was what I told the bank, that, hey, if you give me these brand-new vehicles, I, this is, I'm saving money, and this, this is the, the money that I'm saving will be what I pay you guys back with. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just made so much sense to them in, 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 in that sense as far as their, their advantage and let me, I'm trying my best to explain it because it's. Well, let me ask you this. Was it because of your, your business plan that helped you, out, helped you out to get this financing? Or was it because you already had, like, pre-existing relationships with some of these uh, lenders at these banks? Or was it because of an SBA loan? It was, a, okay, okay, good, good question. And you helped me. Um, I did go SBA loan route. Um, so hindsight, being 2020, I, I, I realized what I did. So SBA loan is a, it's a government-backed loan. Uh, you go to a – I went to a community bank. You can go to the big guys, uh, Bank of America, um, Wells Fargo, uh, but they don't really – we don't really – a small business is one thing, but then you have a startup business. That's another thing. So they give small businesses money, but you can have, what is it, like 50 employees and generate about like $10 million in considered be considered a small business but I'm a startup business so there were so many doors that were shut to me because of that so I went to a community bank and this was what my advisors were, were telling me that the community banks would actually deal 
with you because it's all about relationships. I didn't have one, but I established one. But they can, they have the time, and they, you know, they, they have the relationship. You, you can cultivate a relationship with the community bank, so you're better off going to a community bank. And I think, like I said, in my, in my, it, it was very simple going that route. But anyway, as far as the loan that I, I actually got, it was an SBA back loan. So if I default on my loan, they pay the the the, the government comes in and gives them. Eighty uh, percent of what it was. So in my particular case, it was an SBA loan. It's a ten-year loan, six percent interest. Uh, it capped at a six percent interest. Um, so the basis says one hundred fifty thousand. So what's eighty percent of one hundred fifty thousand? My calculations are correct. That's one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. You said eighty percent of one fifty. Of one fifty is one hundred twenty thousand, right? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So this is what I did in my in my case, and I didn't realize what I was doing. And it, 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 like I said, hindsight. When I spoke to people, they say, hey, "You know, how'd you get a loan? You know, so fast. You know, for that amount of money." I didn't. You know, I didn't think I, I know what I went after, and I know I achieved it. But it, it took me about six weeks, and it was some back and forth with my apartment complex I was living in, and um, it was a certain documents. You know, and then me being, you know, with my other line of work, transitioning out of that. Um, it, it took six weeks, which was still fast to get $150,000 from, you know, the bank. Um, but what I did was I told them I didn't have collateral, but I, here it is. I'm actually about to start a business in this sector. We're about to buy brand new vehicles, take those vehicles, hold those vehicles on the books as the collateral. So you look at the vehicles that I got, I got three brand new vehicles. They were about 42,000 a pop. I think after taxes and those like 126, four. So when I told the bank to hold those vehicles on their books as collateral, I already gave them money. That was basically, that's like giving them money. Even if they get half of that, hey. that's still money. So when I, if they look at it, when if I default on my loan, if I don't make payments, the bank comes in and gives them 120000 So I basically already gave them what the bank was going to give them. If I default on my loan, it, I, hey, hold these. It, so it made so much sense. So I think when they see that and the way I structured it, by a mistake, you know, by, by chance, they were like, man, get that man some money. <laughs> you know, give him the money. So it was very seamless for me. But I, I just was so focused. Um, I didn't even know what it was that I was doing. Like, I just, you know, God, you know, comes in. And I say, God, I say higher power, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it happened, and to, to, not even to my knowledge to this day exactly, you know, all the, the intricate details, but it happened. But I was focused, man, and, and that's what I did. Yeah, definitely, man. That's good, man. So um, other things about what they don't tell you in regard to gaining new business, being that you're a startup, you had all these competitors, um, if you can expound upon things they don't tell you about gaining new business mm-hmm. and – Stand afloat. Stand afloat. Okay. You know, those initial uh, stages. So if you can share even a personal story, you know, those initial stages when you're like, hey, this note is due. You know what I'm saying? You might have had, you know, scrape up a couple of dollars to be able to, to stay afloat, you know? Yeah. Um, I, you talk, you're saying staying afloat, meaning I guess operating already, but just what about the, the fact of when I started the business, I bootstrapped, man, to get this off the ground. And I think you and I went uh, kind of similar uh, with how we went about getting the business financing. I, I found some um, unsecured lines of credit that I actually used 
and and it came at the perfect time. I'm telling you, man. Like it's just, I said, I call it higher power. Um, I didn't when I got finished my business plan in December of 2000 and what was it 13? I didn't even shop it right away. I didn't shop for a loan right away. It took me about like another month or two. But in that time, I actually realized that I had decent credit. And when I say decent credit, it was like 727.30. So I said, hold up, let me see what I can do. So I went to these unsecured lines, and I was able to get – they were supposed to they, – they was guaranteeing up to, I think it was like a minimum of 50000 And if you got more than that, it was – I think they take, what, 8% or something like that. So if you got like 50000 they take 8% of that. If you got 100. And fifty thousand, they still only took eight percent of that. But anyway, I didn't meet the minimum guarantee. I was only able to get about twenty something thousand. With that said, I didn't have to pay them <laughs> for their services. But that's good because that motivates them to go get money for you. So you like, you know, you, you try to you think it's a scam. You know, people are skeptical about certain stuff. But it's like, no, you make money is when they make money. If you don't make it, they don't they don't get anything. So they was working hard for me just so happened for whatever reason, even with my good credit and all that, I think it was a lack of credit for me, but I was still able to get about $25,000. I used that $25,000 to swipe for anything that was, that was needed, and I was able to get um, credit cards with 0% APR or, uh, for 12 months, 18 months, so all I had to do was pay a minimum of $25, a month. So I was like, oh, my, this is – I can buy <laughs> Free money. a credit card bill for 5000 you know, whatever it was, 5500 and just pay twenty five. Let's do it because my vision was, at that point was that I knew, you know, that I was going to be making money in the future. So I had to over – I had to be, just be able to see past, you know, the, the little small – like it was the little hurdle like, hey, you know, we're going to run up to 5000 but don't worry about it because by the time, you know, you, you, you get where you need to be – you'll pay this off in no time. You scoff at that. You're, you're making double payments, you know, just to get it back to zero or whatever. But that was that. And then I used that to pay my rent <laughs> for like six months, man. I used that credit to pay my rent. It was rough, man, but I, I never did that, man. I always was like, don't worry about it. You're going to be all right, man. Like, just come out here and just, just make changes. When I first started, I was only running – I didn't even have all three vehicles in, in – um, what, what do you call it, uh, in service. I only had just two of them. It was certain stuff that the uh, the brokers, uh, you know, needed me to get as far as, like, requirements with the drivers. I didn't have, you know, you know enough drivers at the particular time. Uh, two, two guys that said they were going to work for me right away didn't wind up working for me. So it was just frustrating. Um, so that's when you see when the vehicle is just sitting up and, you know, like you, you got a bank loan for it. You're just looking at it and you're like, man, this thing could be making money, but it wasn't making money. Um, so I came pretty close to like almost closing the doors, man. Seriously, even when I was running, I was running. In my particular case, it's a little different. I go through a broker to receive my trips. So when you when you knew in the game, and they, this could probably go in, in different industries as well. They they was getting me to do what they wanted me to do. It, it was up for me to to learn what it was that I can do, you know, for myself and for the company. So I was I started to look, and I'm like, man, they got me running. I was running in Fulton County where it was traffic all day and we wasn't being efficient this way. So I had to relocate my office from Buckhead, come all the way down to, uh, what do you call it? We went down to like Clayton, um, Clayton County where we don't have to fight with traffic um, the whole time. Um, the vehicle was just running in that area, but that was a change that I, have to ma- I had to make. So I went from not, you know, making just a few hundred dollars a day and pretty much digging in to the companies 
stash to, to pay drivers and to, to operate to now we're making money, you know, a few hundred dollars, you know, after you pay out the gas to drivers, it's just hundreds of dollars. And it's not, it's not millions like Microsoft and Apple yet, but you know what I'm saying? It's a start. It starts somewhere. And this is just one stream of income. But I had to bootstrap, man. Like I said, I just, when, 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 when friends were going out to party, I had, I couldn't go out to party because I, I had stuff to do. Like I, I can't party. Work. Like, yeah. you know if you're I'm not saying? driving, you got to, Balance the books. Or you yeah, might have to but, satisfy some invoices, you know what I'm saying? Or do some administrative exactly. tasks. Or you might have to brainstorm, you know, new ideas and how to make processes better. Or even talk to some of your employees, you know what I'm saying? Or even hire new employees. Yeah. Correct. But, um, Correct. I wanted to say, too, to, um, Kahim, about um, it's good that you, you said that because it, I want people to know, you know, that Kahim was doing this full time. So it's not like he had a, uh, another job because most people when they start their business, they uh, have their full time job working for somebody, someone else, making that other person rich, and they just spend part time on their business just to test it out to see what. But you went, you dove in head first and said, you know what, I'm putting all my attention, all my efforts into this business. And again, guys, no one told him, you know, no one didn't tell him about, oh, this is how you should um, gain um, new customers. Or this is how you should make ends meet. But him, he's like, you know what, being that I'm in here, uh, they threw me in the water or I jumped in the water, I got to learn how to swim. So maybe I should I should get this credit card. I know it's a low interest rate for 18 months or 12 months, so I'll have a small minimum payment there. Or maybe I can pay my rent with this card for now until maybe this customer satisfies their invoice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's the kind of stuff you have to do as an entrepreneur. You have to be very creative how to pay people. Because even I have a real estate background, and I remember when I first started out, a furnace would go out in the winter, and I'd be, you know, uh, maybe $1,400, $1,500, and I didn't have that. So then mm-hmm. it forced me to think creatively and say, hey, Bob, you know, you know my history with you, you know, I've always paid you on time and full. I gave you consistent work, but this time I only got $500 in the bank. Can I give you 500 now? And then when the next month rolls around, I get more rents. I can pay you another 500 and then I can pay you another 500 in two months, but I'll also pay you another 100 just for you being able to work with me. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to think like that to make ends meet initially, and most people just don't get that. They just think, mm-hmm. oh, I owe $500, or oh, the rent's due, or oh, this customer didn't pay their invoice to me yet, and I can't pay this other uh, account payable, um, this other bill that I'm supposed to pay. And they just close up the shop. Mm-hmm. Or they're forced to say, you know what, I'm not going to finish, focus all my time and my attention, my energy on my business. You know what, I'm going to get another job and just do this part-time. Mm-hmm. Do not do that. <laughs> I mean, not like that. Because some people right, have right. real bills. I don't want to think that, that way, though, you know? I don't want to sound like Dame Dash, but I, like I said, <laughs> it was a conversation <laughs> I had with a young lady, and, you know, she she was driving two cars, and she had an Audi and Lexus, and, and she was like, well, you know, what you going to do? Like, what are you working on? And, and my rent was just probably was 1400 and some change, almost $1,500. I wasn't even working. And she was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, it has to work. I don't see nothing else. I'm going to make this thing pop off. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I still have to talk to her about you know, that conversation we had and what transpired and now look at, you know, I didn't know, but I just knew that I wasn't working for somebody else wasn't what. I, I want to drive a Ferrari. I want to drive a Lamborghini. It's because I want, if you call me 
materialistic if you want. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 what I want though. That's the you know, in life. If I've driven Hondas and you know other stuff, I want at one point I just I didn't see myself doing that, working you know for somebody else or whatever you know. And then even when I did, I, I hear something too. I tell you something funny. I used to work in marketing and promotions, and I traveled the country, and I, I I'm very um, thankful for what it did. It exposed me so. Brand ambassador, you know, almost I, I take it to like one of the top brand ambassadors is like Diddy. Diddy doesn't own anything in Ciroc, but he gets a percentage of, you know, just telling people, drink Ciroc. And Ciroc sales increase, they cut him a check. Essentially, I did that. Mine was, you know, for a, 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 a said fee. I didn't get anywhere near what he was getting, but that's what I did. So I promoted products throughout the country. I went to different cities, you know, in different states. You know, different demographics, learning what made people tick and what they was interested in here and there. And that took me on the road for a few years, about three years, and I made decent money in the field. But we, when I was making money in that field, I didn't even know why I was making money. It didn't make sense. It was, I was making money. It was, okay, so now I'm making, you know, 50, 60, 70, you know, just traveling. I'm in hotels. And I didn't know I, I, when I, if I stopped working. For whatever reason, whether it be like a downtime, some type of break or whatever, 70000 turned into 69000 and then, you know, 68 and then 67 because the money wasn't working for me. So I was like, listen, man, this is corny to me. I got need the money to work for me. So right now, you know what I got? Of course, I can be in the bed and, and I can just be looking at the, the account. Oh, man, it made more money. You know what I'm saying? Like it just off of other people's efforts, but I put in the hard work. I used my business acumen, and I was smart enough, that even when I started this business, to bring people around me that had more experience than me. I was good in this area. She's good in this area. He's good in this area, so that's my mastermind group. You know what I'm saying? Each one, teach one. I don't take away from the, the, the supervisor who I hired on, the manager. She, 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 when I'm out in the field and she tells me to do something, I have to listen to her. Because I entrusted her to, to, for that, you know, that's her role. So even though I'm the boss of the company, it don't matter. Because I say when I'm not in the field, she's telling, you know, the dri- other drivers what to do. So how come now when I'm out here, I, things change? No, it, that, that's not how it runs. I stay humble, man. I stay humble. You know, if, she's, that's, if that's her role, that's her role. And I don't, I don't I, I need to have a well-oiled machine. And I, I feel comfortable with the machine that I have right now. But like I said, there's a lot that went into it, man. I'm happy where I'm at right now, and I'm working on getting better. Um, but you know, like it, it, it's yeah, like I said, you got to do some stuff that you got to make yourself uncomfortable, man. You got to make yourself comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's the only way you're going to succeed. They don't tell you this, but you got to do it. Yeah. So, so tying into that, being uncomfortable and uh, a well-oiled machine. You know, some of the things they don't tell you is how to deal with issues that arise in which your machine is not working like it should be and it's making you very uncomfortable. You know, you face a hardship or an obstacle or a challenge and you don't know what to do. You get a fire, you're like, how do I put this fire out? It's a crisis and you're like, how can I solve this? So if you could share with us like a personal story of how, you know, they didn't tell you what you need to do to to fix that issue in your business hmm. you know, that's starting out because everyone goes through that you know like you just yeah. didn't know yeah but you know um, it's an emergency it's important it's urgent and it has to be handled so you can share correct. with us you know how Something you were able okay. to uh, get over that hurdle 
per okay. I guess you just uh, for me it was a situation one day where once again I get my trips from uh, a broker. We have a, a time where we're supposed to turn back. There's a deadline. And you're supposed to turn back trips. Uh, for whatever reason, this day I did not turn back trips that I didn't think that we was going to be able to take and run efficient. So they had me running, the, or should I say the company running further distances, you know, throughout Atlanta, fighting through traffic. So it, it was overwhelming, and I was receiving a bunch of telephone calls, and it, it stressed me out a lot. And I was thinking to myself, I never – all the research I did in this industry – just was not one of the things that I foresaw coming. And it put me to the point where I was thinking about bankruptcy, um, um, you know, like just, you know, getting out of the business, you know, going to live with somebody else because I got to let all my, my property, you know, well, should I say my, the, the, the apartment that I was living in, I had to let that go. I was just thinking, like, it, it, was, it was very rough. But the only thing, it was, all it was was one hurdle you know some adversity that i didn't account for so i when everything when everything is going good everything's going good when something bad happens you know you're just not ready for it so now all i do is i just try to prepare for the bad times and when when you say bad times for the most part many people it's always about money so all i do right now is you just got to try to make sure you set yourself up for when that bad thing happens even with me it just everything is running smooth there's something around the corner just recently one of my vehicles, a, a lug nut or a washer, got stuck or something like that. I, it, it was something so simple. The part was like $10.97 to labor to put it on was like $300 or whatever. But I couldn't, oh, wow. I couldn't even, yeah, I couldn't fight it. But, but you know, the, my my driver's like, wow, they they made us pay that much, but we good because we set ourselves up financially. That when something like this happened, we straight. You know, and it's it's all it is to just padding. Like right now, all I pay myself is. Just enough for the bed, basic roof over my head, lights. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't. I keep all the money in the business, but in business, I think don't. The, the only way I can combat stuff right now when things go wrong is just trying to set the money right. So I don't. I, it's kind of tough with me. It's all about with the company. It's just about you know things that you like. You said like things that that might come up that you might not you know, foresee whatever, but they can set you back. But in most cases, it's financial stuff. So I just say set yourself up, you know, financially. You know, just try to pad. Don't don't go partying right away as soon as you get, you know, some money. Don't go splurging. Don't go get that right, new car right away. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I really can't, like I said, and, and this is transportation, so it's, you know, it's, it's plus so many things, you know, so many hurdles, I guess, like, you know, but just in general, just set yourself up, you know what I'm saying? Mainly financially. Just get yourself in there. Put yourself in a good position to win. <laughs> Even when the odds are against you and, you know, it looks like you're down or whatever, just you know what you did and you know it's going to pay off. Like, that's the difference between having what we say, vision versus uh, uh, sight. I tell people to say sight is the enemy of vision. I always have vision. I never lacked vision. And, so that, and I say, I use the three words. I say vision focus and passion is the three words that I say that every successful person, we start reading about mm-hmm. Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and just keep going, Howard Schultz, and, you know, even Martin Luther King and all these people, those people had, like, vision, and you know, they had a passion for what it was that they did. 
and, and especially that focus aspect because a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, they're like, oh, I want to get started in doing this business. Oh, this didn't work out. I came to, across a hurdle, so let me go into this business. Oh, I didn't like this because of this and this. Oh, let me go into this. And they don't just focus on one thing until they actually got this thing airtight and perfected before they move on to the next thing. Like, there's no such, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a serial entrepreneur, but mm-hmm. as long as you mastered one mm-hmm. entrepreneurial endeavor, one business, and then you move on to the next. Correct. But um, I also want to say to you, too, Kaheem, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, uh, I appreciate you sharing your story because, mm-hmm. um, like, the listeners out there, many of them are aspiring entrepreneurs. They want to get started in business. And I, and I do one-on-one coaching with people. And I, and I hear a lot from people that they want to analyze every single detail. So, yes, doing your, your research is, is prudent. You know, it's a smart thing to do. But they, sometimes they do it under the guise of, of fear. You know, they're afraid of taking action. You know, so they want to try to analyze every single thing that could possibly go wrong. Oh. And then they never pull the trigger and take action. Exactly. And I remember my mentor used to tell me um, that uh, one thing you need to know is that you will never know everything you need to know. Once yeah. you know that, take action. Exactly. So even though, like, you shared your story and you didn't account for some financial hardships to occur, right, or for mm-hmm. some uh, maintenance issues to occur, but it's like, you know what, you still got to just go ahead and take action. Just don't be afraid. You know what I tell people? It's the, the fear of the unknown. Lots of people are afraid of what they don't even know what they're afraid of. I asked a girl the other day, she said she wanted to do a you know, business, she wanted to go apply for, you know, I don't know if she was talking about a business plan or something like that, but I was, I was, she said, what do you have to put in there? I don't, I don't, when I go apply, I, I want to make sure everything is right. So I said, well, what can be wrong? She said, I don't know. And I was like, exactly. you telling me you're scared to go apply for what it is that you, you want to apply for, but I asked you to tell me what could potentially go wrong. You can't tell me. I was like, like that don't make no sense. She started laughing. I'm like, you're scared of you don't even know what you're scared of. You got to go out there. And that's one thing I've never been afraid of was failure. And I, you got to be – success is not linear. There is failures along the, the, the path to success. Now, some people are, are, are afraid of failures. I'm not afraid of failure. Juan, obviously you're not afraid of failure either. I failed a bunch of times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Lawrence Ellison was just said the most, um, you know, like as far as key, as far as advice or whatever he can give anyone is fail fast. <laughs> yeah, and early on too. <laughs> you got to fail, man. There's nothing wrong with it. Just to, you look at anything, the yin and the yang, they have to coexist. You know what I'm saying? It's hot, it's cold, the sun go up, the sun, you know, the sun, you know, the moon is, it's everything. The, the stock markets go up, the stock markets go down. You, you, you success, you, just you know, you fail. You don't think that a company like um, Walmart, who has, how many, I don't know, what is it, 200, it's worth 200 and something plus billion dollars right now. You don't think that they have times where they shrink, there's, you know, something, whatever it is that, that costs them millions, if not billions of dollars. So that is their they're negative, you know, but the positive is this is what they do so well, and they actually overcome it, you know, multiple times to make it, you know, a more – it looks positive, but you best believe they go through some negative stuff as well. Anybody, all companies and all that. Look at Apple. Apple's stock is going back down right now, but it's, it's a turn. It's a corner where it's going to go back up. It's everything, man, everything. You, you can't be afraid of failure. What are you afraid of failure for? 
when you was a kid, you fell on your face. I bet you a few, you, but you probably walk really well right now. You know what I'm saying? But you fell a few times. We didn't know no better when we were children. We need to get back to that. <laughs> we got to be infants. Big what kids, is that right? we're doing, man? Yeah, man. Fear of failure, man. That's, don't, don't be scared of, of failure. It's, it's and that's true, too. Um, I know you're an avid reader and you study a lot of biographies because you can just tell this by your conversation. And I know, like, most mm-hmm. successful people are, are the same way. They're always quoting somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, being that you've um, you, you probably heard this quote as well from um, Napoleon Hill, and I'm just going to mm-hmm. just paraphrase it. And he also tackles that, you know, like, failure is just an indication that something was wrong, and you need to revise your plans. Correct. But don't take uh, failure as a stop sign, like, oh, I just have to stop here and get out. No, I'll just take it as an uh, indication that, all right, I have to go back to the drawing board, and then I'm going to go back at it. That's all mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm but saying? Like- if a partner screws you over, all right, well, I learned my lesson. Maybe I should screen my partners effectively. Perhaps I should do this next time. Mm-hmm. The main issue comes, like that happened with me, you know, not factoring, factoring um, maintenance reserves and vacancy reserves into my business model. And I should do that before I buy a property because I do know that sometimes tenants won't pay their rent. Sometimes right. tenants may be spiteful and pour concrete down your toilet. Mm-hmm. You know, or sometimes, you know, a roof just happens just to leak. It's just, oh, it needs replaced. So all these vacancies, all these maintenance-related issues, it's just something that happens in business. Like, like you were saying earlier, it's just, it's just the cost of doing business. But you just That's want right. to try to mitigate those losses you incur by just, by just uh, by going back to the drawing board and doing better next time. So then I learned my lesson. All right, so what I should do is I should set up a certain reserve for, ma- for maintenance-related issues and vacancies before I close on this deal. So I have to factor that into the cash flow. Mm. So, yeah, it's just stuff like that, man. And, mm-hmm. and mo- most people, what will happen is when they um, get to that failure, you know, if they fail, you know, or when they fail, I should say, they just automatically mm-hmm. call it quits. Mm-mm. Yeah. And that's, that's, the, that's, that's the difference between the successful people and the, I don't want to call them unsuccessful people. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, or the irrelevant people, but that's not what it is. But, yeah, the difference is that one failure, 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 when it was faced with failure, they like they improvised, and they they made right. some changes and they tweaked some Adjust. stuff. Right, right. There you go. Yeah. It's what are, no, I know you probably know this stuff, but we we talk about quotes and all that. They said, um, I don't even know the whole story, but it's like three gentlemen in a boat, and you know, in the middle of the ocean, and uh, the optimistic, you know, or you got the, the the pessimist says, oh, it's it's, it's windy, and you got the uh, the optimist to say the wind will a stop, and then you got the the, um, the leader who who adjusts the sails, you know, to, to, to take the wind, and to, you know, and they, they right. arrive where they need to arrive. But he took, you know what I'm saying, he adjusted the sails. Forget about that. Just it's going to blow over. Oh, it's going to get better. Or, you know, don't be – no, you got to when, – when it's happening, you got to figure out what can I do at this particular point to make things. We got to ride it out. Ride it out and make it better, man. Make it better. That's like uh, Who Moved My Cheese when uh, – you ever read that book? By Robert Kiyosaki or something like that, and somebody else? No, no, um, I forgot the name of the author. It's called okay. Who Moved My Cheese, and it's, a, uh, it's about a story. Okay. And it explains about market changes. 
And uh, mm-hmm. it was a story of like two people and two mice, and they're in a maze, mm-hmm. and they're trying to get the mm-hmm. cheese. And then they're starting to realize, hey, what's going on to the cheese? It's depleting, or it's moving. The market's shifting. Mm-hmm. And then the rat, his name was Sniff, because he was able to sniff out these changes in the environment, what was going on with the cheese, and then he made the necessary adjustments. So it's just like the yeah. same thing. If mm-hmm. one avenue dries up, like, for example, you know, um, one source of business, always, uh, you know, one company always give you your main source of income, and then they happen to just uh, slow down on how many customers they're referring to you on a monthly basis, then it's like, all right, I need to sniff and analyze of how can I mitigate this. Maybe I can create more business. You know, maybe I can go exactly. find people similar to them and try to multiply that. Yeah. Correct. You know, you're talking about the market now, and, you know, it's relevant to what we just got finished saying. I bet you people don't know that if you look at one of the most successful um, investors, so Warren Buffett, he had an advisor, if I'm correct, his name was Benjamin Graham. Um, he has a book that is so thick. I still got to get back to that, but it's called The Intelligent Investor. But what it was that I took from it, the little bit I did read about it, was that in any market, whether it be a bear market or a bull market, you can still be successful. You can still make money. So when the market is bad and everybody talking, everybody pulling out their stuff, you think Warren Buffett is afraid and he running and pulling out? No. Nah, like, fine. I'm going to bet in this direction. We're going to short this. We're going to do that. You know, he, he figures out a way to win. She's so like, how does this man worth $70 billion? Because it no matter what, you know, the condition is of the market, he knows how to win. You got to figure that out. You got to do that in life no matter what it is. Oh man, how hard it seems, or whatever. You got to figure out a way to win. You can win. You can win. It's like with football too, man. It's like a, it, it, it's just amazing. Did you watch that Steelers game this past weekend? I missed Steelers it. Uh, Watching Cincinnati. Oh man, it was just like a crazy uh, comeback win. But yeah, it just goes to show you that you just got to find a way to win. Whether <laughs> your star quarterback is injured, whether. Uh, you know, your main running, there's, you have no running backs, no starting running backs, whatever the case may be, you got to find a way to get that W. Um, so, Kahim, I want to ask you um, pretty much one final question for, for the listeners here. Being that um, you started your business, and there's a lot of things people didn't tell you. Mm-hmm. What would you tell those people listening out there now, one solid piece of advice you think they should take home with? that it should take home, one solid piece of advice, like something that you weren't told that you learned, so you know what, I'm going to share this so that they can benefit from this. Oh, man. One, one thing. Don't listen to the man next to you and what you should do <laughs> to be successful. You said don't? No, it's funny. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, he's right <laughs> next to you, like, what you know about you right there like I'm just joking though that's what's almost rude in it but it's just I don't know man um I'm gonna tell you what it's funny as this may seem I got one for you I got you don't do what you're doing for money the money will come do it because you love it and you're passionate about it the money will follow when I started this business it wasn't just to, you know, get money. It's because I was trying to figure out a way to provide something. You know, I wanted my biggest thing, my passion was 
being an owner of something, you know, creating something. So I created this. I don't love what it is, just in particular, this type of business, but I love the fact that I own a business. And I'm, and this was one of many, like I said, but the money wasn't the motive. I'm passionate about creating, you know, like the, the conversations. I'm Pretty soon you and I will be working on something together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But this is what was, this is, this, this is, this is, the connected, this is what's going to take me there to work with you. And when I come sit down with you at the round table, it's because I got, you know, money because I have a successful business. And now I can, now I'm, I'm working on partnership with you and I got other stuff going on, but money wasn't the motivation. It, I, I actually, when I left doing marketing promotions and made nothing, but to get back to, I'm just now getting back to where I was making it since you when I was on the road, but I am the, I control my destiny right now. So, yeah, I, if I could tell somebody, don't just do it for the money because you'll be blinded by the money. Do it for the passion, huh? That's it, man. Don't do it for you the paper. Do it for the money. Because if you're doing something, I get, like if you're doing what you're doing, like if I was to say, hey, I want to make you know, $100,000, but I want to be a business owner, and somebody say, hey, I'll give you a job, make it 200 then I really didn't want to be a business owner. I just wanted to get more money, you know what I'm saying? Oh, no, I really wanted to be a business owner. So I'd rather take $100,000 than $200,000 work with somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, yeah. Right. Yeah, it that just, just goes to show that you can someone be bought. Because it, it's kind of like um, you want to be in that position where if you're doing what you love and you're passionate mm-hmm. about it, you know what? that will keep you going through the hardships and then – once you're doing something that you're passionate about, you'll figure out a way to monetize it. Because, like, Correct. me being in real estate, you know, just using myself as an example, mm-hmm. man, I face many um, heartbreaking, um, discouraging events, you know. Um, you know, you get a property and you find out, oh, you did this this wrong, or you analyzed the cash flow wrong, or um, you lost money, or you bought a property in a hood area, and you get break-ins after break-ins, people smoking funny stuff in your place. You know what I'm saying? you got to replace the window, replace the door. The copper pipes are stolen. A tenant might intentionally, when they move out, have the water running, and it just floods the floor, and you have to replace all the sheetrock, and the pipes freeze in the winter, um, and you have materials, and then when the pipes freeze, all this water bursts on your materials. Your materials are now rolling. Like a lot of disheartening stuff happens, but when you're really passionate about it, it'll get you. It'll get you through all those obstacles to the point where, you know, what I'm saying you, you're actually making it. Because after a while, you begin to like we just said earlier, you begin to adjust. And yeah, now it's like passion is the fuel that that's the fuel that you that gives you the energy. You know what I'm saying? Where you don't see what it is coming into to fruition just yet, but you're still passionate about it, and it's going to come. Just like Kanye West would say he not he locked himself in the room for you know, for years doing beats and all that. Now look at him. You know what I'm saying? I don't even think he really make beats anymore. You know what I'm saying? Right. It opened up doors for him to do stuff like, you know, design shoes with Nike in the past and Adidas and all that, but he was passionate about what he did. All right, and a quick question. Um let me give you three quick questions. First question, top three books. Man, I'm reading one right now called The Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. That is the Love. bigger. Okay. Yeah, that's the Think and Grow Rich is excerpts essentially from that book. 
that is, I don't want to compare it to the Bible, but the Bible of it's up financial, there. you know, freedom, success, you know, changing who you are, is it, adjusting everything we just got finished speaking about. There's like 16 lessons in there. I think I got to almost 17, The Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. Um, I read a book by uh, Malcolm Gladwell called The Outliers. That's a really mm-hmm. good book as well. Um, yep, read it as well. Let me see. I get a third one. Um, I don't know, man. Think, oh, not Think Grow Rich, but um, Robert Kiyosaki, man. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That, that's, what opened up my, that's what opened up my eyes to all of this years ago. So I got to give the credit where credit is due. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. All right, cool. And uh, number one thing you like to do in your spare time? Read. <laughs> Read. Read, absolutely. All right, and if you had to play a bigger game, all right, let's say five years mm-hmm. from now, what would that game be if you want to go to the next level? What would the game be? Like a playing a bigger game. Like that means like, uh, you know, once you kind of master your certain level of success, what would be mm-hmm. that next level of success for you? Like, like, to go, like you said, Kanye West, you know, he might have just started off making beats. Then he might have mastered that and got notoriety from that. And he's like, you know what, I want to switch over to clothing. I want to switch over to shoes. I want to switch over to rapping, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I know I want to touch on a few things. Um, one in particular, I want to, I want to attack what do you call it? Um, poverty. That's something I want to fix. And I know it starts with... You say you want to fix what? Say that one more time. Po- poverty. Oh, poverty. Okay. Yeah, man. I think that we can do a lot more than what we're doing in this in this country, per se, alone. Um, you know, I, we live in, I live in Atlanta. You know, people are living under bridges. And like I said, I've been, other diff- I've been to different cities. I've seen what, you know homeless people look like and how they interact in Denver, Colorado and Seattle and LA. And, but I want to, I think we can do something like, like what we just got finished talking about. We can instill this stuff in people. You know, we can, we can jumpstart, you know, a nation of, you know, just like a bunch of entrepreneurs, man. And I, I think there's something I want to actually touch on. It's actually, it's not, a, it's not just about me. It's not, that's when I, that's when, that was a turn of events with me when I learned that it wasn't just about me. I wanted to, what can you do for others? You know, what's your purpose in life? Like I want a street, if not a, a city named after me or, you know, something, but I know I wasn't going to get it with what I was doing. So I said, listen, you got to start serving people. My two things I love is electronics. I check out all the latest toys. You know, you see me, I got the right. Samsung phone. I got the Apple. If Apple will come up with a new phone tomorrow, I'm going to have that tomorrow. I got, you know, projectors in the crib and latest, you know, phones and, all, I mean, like the TVs. And I got all of that stuff. So I was like, man, you like technology. And also I like helping people. So my thing was how I'm going to fuse those two together. I'm going to use technology to better people's lives. But I, I don't have the answer just yet. It's gonna come while I'm on my path. It's gonna come. That's what's up, man. That's 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 very noble too, man. But yeah, but thanks for coming too for the event. Uh Kahim, he came through. Um, even though I didn't send him an invite. <laughs> that was no, live myself in the back it. of the head for that one. But thanks for coming through <laughs> for the uh one hundred PF event, uh, January fifth. I'm uh 
cordially send you an invite for the next one, February 2nd. Mm-hmm. Um, we're having a – we kind of got a location in mind. I was, I was there last mm-hmm. night, and I'll, I'll text you the details once it's, it's solidified. I'm just waiting to hear back from, from the owner just to make sure we have this event. But, um, yeah, but thanks for showing up, man. And, um, and I feel the same way as you, man. Like, uh, that's the reason why I do, I do the podcast. You know, I'm not getting any type of monetary value out, out of this. I didn't pitch any product or service that I'm offering. It's just so people can, like, hear from entrepreneurs, business persons, people that's in the industry, so they can get the information they need as well as the motivation. You know, so they can actually, you know, because you, you become who you associate yourself with. So when people associate with this podcast, they hear people who are doing startups, people who are serial entrepreneurs, people who are who have an online business, people who are real estate agents, people who are business credit consulting firms, all different types of people. So they can they can better, you know, get that build up their business acumen so they can really get started and obtain financial freedom, you know. But thanks man, Thank you, you said a lot me. of heartfelt stuff. I uh I related to it one hundred percent. Even even your books, bro. That was my top five books right there. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Um, outliers. Yeah, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah, a lot of good books. All right, man. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, conclude this podcast. But thanks again, Kahim. And um, as always, this is to your success. Peace. Thanks for everything. Take it easy, guys.